0: Hi, my name is Wizzy Brown. And I'm Molly Keck. And we are with the Texas A&M AgriLife Extension Service, Department of Entomology. And this is Bugs by the Yard, where we hope to increase your enthusiasm about bugs in the urban
1: landscape. Welcome back for joining us in the year 2022. On this episode of Bugs by the Yard, we are going to be talking about an insect that you may or may not have seen. It's a little bit cryptic, but when people do find them, they always have lots and lots of questions about them. Yes, And I personally think that they're an insect that is spreading north, maybe even east and west. I'm not really sure about east and west, but I think they're definitely more common in other parts of the state that they weren't even probably five years ago. I agree. And those are uh, the Mexican honey wasp, which is a little wasp. To me, they're Kind of about the size of a fly. They're not a very large wasp. They're not like a paper wasp. Oh, and they're so cute. They are. They have like a fat little abdomen and oh the coloration and the pudgy abdomen. And oh, they're so adorable. Yes, that I think they are too. And I notice them a whole lot more when I now that I know what to look for, that than I did before. Cause I wasn't really looking for them, but I think if you, if you Google them, you take, you know, you, you get an idea of what they look like. You look at your plants when they start to bloom next year. I think you'd be surprised to see how many are visiting your flowers and in your landscape. Um, but these guys are a wasp. They're not a bee and they are, they're small. I don't know. What do you say? A qu- they're bigger than a quarter of an inch, but maybe not half an inch. It's like between a quarter and a half
0: around in there. I don't know. What would that be like? Five eighths or something. <laughs> Whatever.
1: I have no idea. I always go by inches. Everyone does centimeters, and I'm like, I don't know what a centimeter is. I know what inches are, but centimeters are harder for me. They're (laughs) small. They're somewhere between a quarter of an inch to half an inch. They're all the same size in the colony. They're not like multiple sizes. Um, they're stumpy. They their abdomen is mainly black, but they do have little pinstripes of yellow on them. At the tip. At the tip, yes. Not very tip. Not at the hip, at the butt. I guess a pointy end, the pointy end. (laughs) Yes. And then the rest of them is just kind of black. And really it's not the wasp that you will identify probably, but it is their nest. When you look up in the trees, when all of your trees go bald for the winter time, you look up and you see this giant dome, like a, to me, it's, it's just like Winnie the Pooh's honeybee hive, which is not what honeybees do. So I don't know where that really came from, but it's like this paper mache, like a pinata up in the tree. And it also will happen in the springtime when your oak trees go bald, when the live oaks kind of push out the leaves to make room for room for the new ones. People look up there and they're like, Oh my gosh, what is this? I got to get rid of it right now. And I always say, well, it was probably there all summer and this maybe last spring too. And it didn't bother you until today. So just, you know, live and let live if they're way up there
0: it's like they're there and they're, that's why they're so, they're more common. We're saying they're more common than you think, but nobody sees them when the leaves are on the trees. It's in the winter time or whenever the leaves drop that people are like, oh my God, what
1: is that?
0: And a lot of people can mistake them for also like the yellow jacket nests and stuff like that, because it is a paper nest.
1: Yeah. They always say I have hornets in my tree. And then some people also tell me they're like, I think they're ants that have built this built this nest because when it's cooler, and even when it's not, they don't really do a lot of like buzzing and flying around the nest. They just kind of walk on it, so they'll get their binoculars out and they just see a dark, small uh, insect crawling on it, and they'll say, I think I think they're actually ants, but they're not. They're little wasps. Would you consider them native to Texas? Maybe not the TTTT tippy
0: tip of Texas.
1: <laughs> the little pointy end. So they're, they're native to like South America and Central America, really common in Mexico where they get their name, Mexican honey wasp. Actually, I don't even know if they're native to South America, um, but definitely Central America and Mexico specifically. But I wonder like if Mexico touches Texas and it's like kind of a natural spread, could you say, oh, they're not native really to Austin? Cause that's what it's like.
0: They might be native to like that very tip part, like down in the Valley where they, you know, it's kind of blending into that whole environment that Mexico is, but as far as them spreading North, definitely this isn't their native range, but you know, they're, they're definitely here.
1: They're making it their native range. I think there's just, you know, well, temperatures change. They need more space. They start to spread and they so far, it doesn't seem like they've stopped their spread. I wonder if they're in Dallas yet.
0: I don't know. I haven't. Well, i they have been becoming more and more common in my area. So I'm in Williamson County in central Texas. And so it wouldn't surprise me that they're. it seems like everything moves along the I-35 corridor. Yeah. So yeah. we'll have to have, I don't know, somebody in Dallas
1: start keeping an eyeball out for them. Yeah. I think that probably some parts of the state are maybe a little bit too cold for them because they are a, more of a tropical species. So if you are in like the way North Panhandle, um, you're in the Big Bend region, you, Probably haven't seen these, but if you're in Central Texas, Central South Texas, South Texas to Central Texas, sorry, and then just kind of up that swath, the center part of Texas, I bet that you've either encountered them or you will get lucky enough to in the next few years. So they're, they're definitely spreading and down in South Texas they and in Mexico, uh, they're predatory as well as pollinators. So I have always read studies and things that in South Texas, one of their primary food sources that they prefer is the psyllid that transmits vector citrus screening. So they're a natural biological control agent, which is kind of exciting. I'm sure they eat all sorts of stuff. I'm sure that's not the only thing they feed on, but they're known to predate upon those. And so that that's helpful to those um, citrus growers down there. So now everyone's going to want them to come into their yard. Yes. (laughs)
0: Like bring them to me.
1: That's why I always tell people like leave them alone. They're really good. You want to promote them and they're pollinators. Also, they go after, you always see them on flowers, whether it's like, your annuals in your garden that you've you know you've planted or it's native stuff out in a pasture or a field. You if you look close enough you'll usually see them in some landscape somewhere. And then what's amazing is I see them all the time, but I look up around the trees and I can't figure out where their nest is. Yeah I'm
0: always really curious as to how far they forage for food. I mean and tracking that is really really difficult. Especially you know I don't have the little microchip computer trackers and all that stuff. But I think it would be super cool because it's the same thing. I've seen them like foraging on flowers and stuff. And it's like, where are you going? Yeah. (laughs) it's really hard to follow a particular insect that's floating around.
1: (laughs) I just assume they're probably in the vicinity, but I don't know how close they are. And there's not really a lot of data or research or anything on those uh, species. If you go through literature, you don't see a lot of information about Mexican honey yeah. wasps.
0: Well, and then this is one of those that would be hard to get any kind of funding for because it's not like they're really a pest or anything like that or biological significance of anything. I mean, while they are predaceous and pollinators and create honey, it's not like people utilize these as
1: Producers of honey, or yeah, they have no that. economic significance. I always people always ask, Well, why doesn't anyone study this? Or, you know, what do you know about this? And I'm I think what people need to understand is if the insect doesn't impact human health, your economy, your food, you know, if they don't have a major importance as far as being a bad or good guy, then nobody really studies them because you're right, you have to have money to do the you know, to fund those studies.
0: So if there are any independently wealthy people that want us to look at the Mexican honey wasps a little bit more closely, just get in contact with us. And we would be more than happy to do that. That would
1: sure be a fun project, wouldn't it? That would be so cool. (laughs) So we need money to do it. You know, you mentioned that they don't produce anything that's worthwhile, but they do actually produce honey. They're one of the few insects that produce honey other than honeybees. And they, apparently they do it in pretty good amount, but we don't ever harvest that honey. And I have the way that I understand it. And I have heard heard other beekeepers who have tried to harvest this honey and tried to do some removal of these guys for individuals is that the honeybee honey comes out of wax. And so it's really easy to filter the wax from the honey and make a clean honey. But since these make a paper nest, there's dirt and their fecal material. And it's just, it's just dirty inside there. If you've ever gotten a nest and you shake it, you get like, I don't know what it is. Funk. Yes, like poop <laughs> and dirt is what I'm assuming it is. And so it's it's really difficult to separate that paper and the the stuff that's in it from that honey, so it doesn't come out clean. But, oh, I, but
0: that's another one of those things that it's like again, I would love to be able to do research on this because it's like if they're making that paper nest out of chewed wood fiber. How is it holding the honey and not like yeah. skin and making it all disgusting and gross and just? It blows my mind. I'm like, I I want to figure that out. How do they do that? Is there something in their saliva that kind of they line the cell yeah. with or whatever? Because you know, with their paper nest, even though it looks like I don't even know how to describe it because it's not like a yellow jacket nest where it's like that outside cover. And then it has that hole with the, with the Mexican honey wasps, it's more like layered Mm -hmm. and they, it's like, they started out small and they incorporate branches for support and all that stuff. But if you look closely at the little paper cells, they are hexagonal, just like a honeybees, which is bananas. I mean, it's, it's not like the, the paper wasps and yellow jackets that make the paper cells, but those ones are rounded. I mean, these are hexagonal and they're made out of chewed wood fiber and they hold honey. And it just, it completely blows my mind. I mean, it just, I don't know. I mean, I came across these probably about two years ago, there was a nest that was like maybe three feet off the ground or so on this like tree branch. Cause they were asking, you know, do we need to do something with this. And I was like, well, it's right by this trail. And since it's so low on the ground, probably, but I'm like completely fascinated. And of course I ended up getting stung. <laughs> because Did it hurt? Oh, it was bad.
1: Yeah. Did you get stung multiple times?
0: No, I just got stung once. And then I was like, okay. And you ran away. I, I understand you don't like me doing this, but I mean, I was like right up in there and I'm like, look <laughs> at this. This is so cool. <laughs> but it was just, I mean, it just completely blows my mind. How does that paper nest hold honey? It just, and not leak
1: out. I've never, never yeah. thought of that. But now, now I'm intrigued.
0: It's like, you think it would be like a sponge and it would kind yeah. of yeah, like And then it would
1: start dripping.
0: Ooze. Again, like Winnie the Poop. Maybe they saw Mexican honey wasps. Maybe. That's what A.A. A. Milne actually saw was a Mexican honey wasp. And he's like, Maybe oh, so. yeah, those are bees. We're just going to make those bees.
1: Because they can't possibly make wax themselves. So they, I wonder if they use some, like resin or something from the trees. Because honeybees produce it from their body.
0: Oh, that's a good idea.
1: I don't know. I mean, really, somebody shouldn't do a project.
0: Again, if you have like lots of money, let us know if you want more information on this because we would love to do <laughs> research yeah. on it.
1: Yeah. We want more information as well. We're now going to get a million calls. I heard AM was doing research on Mexican West, but I have one in my backyard. I was just calling to let you know.
0: <laughs> we are not doing research currently. If you want to give us lots of money to do so, then we will do
1: it. <laughs> Have you ever tasted the honey?
0: I haven't. If I was able to, well, get into that nest and not be stung, I would have loved to, because I want to, again, I want to see if it's like different, like a different process. Have you tasted it?
1: I haven't tasted it. I've seen it and the nest that it came from was really dark, but if you if it, if they do like what honeybees do, the color of the honey just depends on what nectar they're getting. So it's, mm-hmm. I don't think that they make a darker honey. Um, I have, I know a beekeeper that has tasted, he said, it tastes just like honey. It smells like honey, but every nest that is full of honey that I have been gifted, it has been doused with a pesticide. So I haven't yeah. braved Same. eating it. <laughs>
0: yeah. Like, I think I'm going to pass on that one, but
1: now I do always hear people say, oh, you can't eat the honey because it's poisonous, toxic, because oh. they only go after toxic plants. And that's <laughs> no, silly. No, it's
0: toxic because it has pesticides. Yes.
1: <laughs> I mean, really think about it. How would they know to only go after poisonous plants? They they don't. So
0: nectar is nectar and you know. while <laughs> sex are going to be attracted to certain colors and shapes and that sort of stuff. I mean. It's not just I'm gonna only go for nightshade plants. Right, that's gonna be my gig. That would be cool if there was an insect that did that, though. Like if you could breed them, that would be like some black widow killer kind of. Thing <laughs> we need to write a book or movie about a beekeeper that has bees that they train to go to certain flowers. <laughs> like some E.C. Andrews book.
1: <laughs> I also think like the the toxicity of the plant is really usually in the oil and not in the nectar too. Because people will ask, well, what if they go to mountain laurels? I heard they're toxic. The thing is, if you think about
0: the benefit for the plant, when you're thinking about the poison part versus the non-poison part, if we're talking about, you know, let's say mountain laurels, they have poisonous leaves and seeds and stuff like that. They don't want stuff eating that, which is why those poisonous toxins are in those materials to deter things from eating it, but they yes. want things to eat the nectar. So why yeah. would they put the poison in that type of thing? Because then that would deter them from having things to come get the nectar and then they wouldn't be able to get pollinated. And, you know, so let's, it's kind of logical to me, but maybe that doesn't go for other people. I i don't know.
1: You just have to, yeah, you have to think it through. And we sometimes we just don't connect the dot. So we we've talked about we've kind of talked about what their nest looks like that it's paper mache. It's like, to me, it's a big pinata, but shape wise. And you said it, how they start small and they get bigger and bigger. I have a nest in my office. It's about the size of a softball. And then I have one that's probably a little bit bigger than a basketball. And I've had one in the office that I couldn't put my arms around that still had honey in it. And I got lots of ants and I got in big trouble and I had to go throw it away. (laughs) So my, my softball and my basketball one are empty and they don't weigh anything. I mean, it's, it's, I don't even, I don't know. It just, there's no weight to them at all, but the shape can be very, you know, perfectly round. Some people say it's like a football oblong, It, but it's roundish yeah. in size and it continues to grow and grow. And I think it would be interesting to know, okay, when they start they're this size, do they get to a point where they can't grow any larger? And do they leave? Because I have always people that call in and say that they have these wasps. I'll ask, you know, can you call me in the, in the spring after winter ends, tell me if they're still there. And it, it rare in rare occasions do they go, they perpetuate year to year. It seems like they either, I don't know that they die off or if they abandon their nest and they leave. My suspicion is that there's a queen in there who just maybe they abandon it and they leave because I don't think they die off in the winter time and leave a mated queen behind like paper wasps. I think it's like a a true social insect that lives through the winter time, just like honeybees and fire ants do.
0: I also wonder if it would have something to do with like how much support they have on the nest. Yeah. Like if they can't make it any bigger with the branches and stuff, the way that it's set up, maybe they have to find a new location to find a new place to start off or
1: I don't know again so much to know so much to find out because no one's ever said i saw a swarm of these little tiny wasps leaving you know or like a mass of them on a tree like honeybees do when they leave their nest to build a new one so they must decline in population and then maybe start over i don't know maybe they're just really stealthy and they know how not to be noticed by humans i don't know they're just so cute and they're just so interesting So I always say when people have them in the tree, you're so lucky. You should consider yourself lucky. Mm -hmm. Don't be worried about them. But there are times when you probably do want to get rid of them. And those are going to be times, like you mentioned, when the nest is really low to the ground, they usually, you know, they build it off of the ground. It's never on the ground, but sometimes it's low and it might be right where you walk or say, you know, you have the, the kids bus stop right at your house. And that nest hangs right over them. You know, when there's a risk that, People will encounter it often. Then you probably want to remove it. Um, if you're going to trim those trees and they're really active, those workers may not want to do it, or you may not necessarily want to do it, but if it's above your head, it doesn't bother you. You don't plan on climbing up that tree. There's not a tree house up there or a swing or something. Then I'd say live and let live because they definitely are beneficial in a lot of different ways.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And I completely agree. And that was the the only nest that I have ever seen that was low to the ground. I mean, usually nests that I see are, you know, like 15, 20 feet up where, you know, who knows?
1: You can barely even tell what it is.
0: Yeah, exactly. It's just like, yeah, I I think that, and like you said, you need binoculars to see what's actually on the nest, if it's a squirrel nest or wasp nest or whatever.
1: So the nest that was on that trail, did you relocate it?
0: No, they actually, they came out to, uh, I mean, it was one of those, (laughs) it it was kind of a last minute. You have to come out here now because it was right along the trail. I mean, it was like maybe five Mm. feet from the trail and they were getting ready to have some like event Yeah, where there were a bunch of people like running along that area. And I was like, that's not going to be good. (laughs) So it was a, it was more of a, we need to get this taken care of. So yeah, they came out and sprayed it and um, I think they had treat treated a couple times because again, there's layers and it's like there were open parts that you could see the cells and the wasps and whatnot, but there were kind of sections.
1: I've always heard that they don't relocate well. I know a, a company in town who does a lot of bee stuff. They, they actually are beekeepers. And then there's a beekeeper. He does a lot of bee removal and he takes the bees and he uses them and whatnot, but he's also done a little bit of honey... Uh, Mexican honeywash removal. And he said he he just has not had good luck with them. When you relocate them with them actually surviving, they'll abandon the nest eventually. But then the, the pest pest control guy that I know, he says he's it's, he's had some luck with it. So maybe there's a technique to it, or maybe the beekeeper goes back and checks more often than the other guy does. I
0: I think it would also depend on like how large the nest was. I mean, if you had a smaller nest, it would be easier to just kind of like prune off that branch and I don't, I don't know how you would transport that without having them. flying around well,
1: everywhere. <laughs> I have a funny story about that. I had a guy who contacted me and he, I think he was like a volunteer at a park and it was a cool morning. Uh, the The day eventually warmed up, but there was a Mexican honey wasp nest that they didn't need at the park for whatever reason. And so he went in and he cut all the branches so that he could remove it. And he put it in a trash bag and cinched it up. And set it in the back of his back seat of his car, not even a truck. And as he was driving to wherever he was going to relocate it, the sun started heating up that trash bag and it wasn't <laughs> totally cinched. And he said he drove for quite a while with them buzzing around his car, but they didn't sting him. He said he didn't get a single sting. Really? So, yes, they wow. have stingers and they'll use them, but they're relatively docile wasps. That's another thing I'll tell people is if they're up in that tree, they're not very likely to come after you. Yeah. No, they don't feel threatened. Easily.
0: Don't stick your face in their nest and would be my <laughs> advice <laughs> because they don't like that. Maybe yeah, it was I just my what? face. They're yeah. like, oh my God, lady, go away. <laughs>
1: <laughs> I'm surprised more of them didn't come at the same time. Like after Did the you, first uh, one stung oh, you. Yeah. Well
0: where where are they taking the nests like if you're relocating
1: well so the two guys that have done the relocating um i don't know where the guy in the car was taking it i don't know if he was taking it to another natural area or his property or something but those two guys i know have access to huge acreages right so i think the beekeeper probably takes it to where he keeps his bees oh, okay. and where people will lease his bees so he probably took it out to a you know a mm-hmm. large acreage area and then the other guy lives on a lot of land. So he probably took it out to his place or I don't know, someone else's place on the side of the road and just put them there.
0: I'd love to have a nest in my backyard. That would be cool. I can watch them all the time.
1: Yeah. And then we could, you could study them from your front porch or something. Yeah. I'm, I'm waiting for one to show up, (laughs) which means it's never going to happen. Yes, of course. So the the other time I think that I had a lot of people call me about those Mexican honey wasps was right after the winter storm and branches had fallen down and like power lines had to be repaired, all those kinds of things. And a lot of people were saying, well, the the crew came out to fix it. They saw the nest and they wouldn't do anything about it. So if we hit another, you know, if we have a really windy uh, storm or we get really cold again. I would, I just always told people it is so cold though. Those guys are not active and they're probably not even alive in there right now. So, you know, if, if, if you're told by someone who's working at your house during cold months that there's a nest, they won't do anything, get your binoculars out. And if they're not moving around on a sunny day, when the sun's beaten on it, then it, they're probably not active. And usually after they die off, you think, well, I want it out of the tree. I don't like the way it looks. Just let nature take its course because birds and squirrels will get up there and rip it all up and eat. The, the sweetness that's inside of it, ants and other things. So it, it gets cleaned off itself, cleared out itself. It's like nature's circle of life. I don't know. I just, I love them so much and I just want to know more about them. Well, as when things start to warm up this spring, Google a picture of what a Mexican honey wasp looks like, get an idea in your mind and then keep an eye on those little flowers. And I bet you'd be surprised to see that they are visiting your flowers. If you're located in the central region of texas mainly and if you're located in other regions and you find some of those nests we would love an email saying where you're finding them so we kind of have an idea of where they seem to be spreading or where they're where they can find um, a habitat suitable for them to tolerate thank you for joining us this week for bugs by the yard and we'll catch you next time